Welcome to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. We are a collective whose mission is to bring hope and dignity through dance. We believe art shapes culture and want to steward our gifts with wisdom and excellence to point people to Jesus. From hosting festivals and live performances to producing multimedia content to serving internationally, we seek to foster community among dance artists. We'd love to meet you and connect on our social media platforms at Bluebird Uncaged. But until then, enjoy today's episode. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Hey, Rebecca. Great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited for you to share your story. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess like a little background how we became friends. We met at Atlanta Ballet, right? Yeah. Like forever ago, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think we became friends until like you came back to Atlanta Ballet. Yeah. Which we'll get into. She was at Atlanta Ballet like two times. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get artist move, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Jessica, before we start, what was the craziest, craziest costume you've ever worn on stage? You know, I was thinking about this and I feel like there's a different one that I'm not locating in my head, but this one's pretty good. Um, I don't think I realized how weird it was until I left Atlanta Ballet, but I was the pig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Atlanta Ballet's Nutcracker back in the day, John McFall version, um, had a pig and a chef in the party scene. And um, usually the pig was like some tall chick. And one year I got to be the pig, which was so much fun. And it's like pink tights. You have to like Pepto-Bismol pink your point shoes. And then um, a pink fat suit. And then a head, like a paper mache sort of situation over your head. So you have like these holes that you're seeing out of. Um, And because I grew up in Atlanta, that was really the only nutcracker that I had engaged with. And so I just thought that that was normal. Like everybody has a pig. And everybody has a shepherdess with lambs. That was another part. Um, so I didn't realize until after I left that like, oh yeah, people don't have pigs in their nutcracker. Um, so yeah, that was probably the weirdest costume. That's cool. And the pig yeah. was only there for a few years because he took it out um, in the later years. Okay. I feel like it was there. Like uh, maybe I remember that growing up or maybe not. I don't know. No, yeah, it was there. But uh, I know that I did the maid few years after that and there was no pig was when I was made so oh, okay. <laughs> it was a short moment of glory then yes. <laughs> all right so Jessica just share your story why did you start dancing um what and yeah what brought you to ballet and even pursuing it professionally um that is kind of just one of those things it's like a cycle for me like a a, it changes every few years like why you dance um but when I first got into it I was in about fifth grade um and it was a little like small studio that was in somebody's basement and um and it was just like a little church program and um and I just enjoyed it it was just fun and then 
I went and saw a show from, um, or by Praise Him With Dance. It was like a small Christian dance studio out in, I think, Cartersville. Um, and I just, it may sound really cheesy, but I felt like called to dance. Um, and I always said that. And I just, I've, I've always really, that's always really resonated with me. Like I, it feel, again, it feels silly to say, but I really did feel that call on my life at that young age. And so I started doing that. Um, like fifth, sixth grade is when I started. It's a little late um, <laughs> for um, professional track. Professional wasn't necessarily on my radar in the beginning years. I just knew that I had to dance. And um, it wasn't until I went to Alonzo King Lines Ballet's uh, summer intensive. And if anybody's ever taken from Alonzo, he like <laughs> called me out in the middle of class. And I was like this super timid, like really young kid. I forgot how old I was. I think maybe um, eighth grader, like about mm-hmm. to be a, a, a freshman. Um, and he, he called me out hard in class because <laughs> I didn't know a single combination. Cause I came from a place where I was like doing glissade, sutanu. <laughs> I mean, like, like there are four steps in this combination. Yes. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm in a like three hour Alonzo King class <laughs> and he's like, and up and down glissade and turn. like, this is all <laughs> at bar. Right. So I'm completely lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm watching everybody else. And I'm, I'm sure I'm like three counts late on everything. So he had me close my eyes and do it alone at bar. And he's like, you're, you're copying off of everybody else. And, you know, do you even want to be here? You need to decide for yourself if you want to be here. I was like, if you don't get this combination right, you're getting out of my class. I was like, oh my God. So sounds like a terrifying moment. And it was, um, but when I went back to the place that I was staying that night, I really had this moment of like, do I want this? Like we're at an age now where like, you kind of have to make the decision. Are we playing around here? Are we trying to do this? You know? And, um, and that's really what forced me into that decision. I switched over to Atlanta ballet. I guess that timeline is wrong. And it was my sophomore year in high school, but regardless, I switched over to Atlanta ballet and started training with, uh, with them at that point in their pre-pro division. So, and then from then on, it was, it was professional track and that's what I wanted with dance. Yeah. So after the Atlanta Ballet pre-pro division, you actually, I think you got promoted to fellowship before you graduated from high school, right? Which yeah. Which kind of unusual. Um, yeah. So pr- I guess to explain fellowship for Atlanta Ballet at that time was like their second company. Yeah. Yeah, like you do all the core roles and you were there the same number of hours as the company and you had the same schedule, but um, your paycheck came from somewhere else and <laughs> you were still a student um, and you didn't have to wear the uniform, which was a huge thing. <laughs> no uniform. No yeah. uniform. And you didn't I have to take class at night. First, one of my first memories of you when <laughs> you came really? for Halloween as a dinosaur. <laughs> oh my gosh yes yeah I took a sweatsuit and like sewed the arms shut like took the arms (laughs) sewed that area shut and then made the arms come off of the front of my body and did all of ballet that way with a tail it was and it was it was Dale Shields teaching too (laughs) that was really (laughs) a lot it was really good so okay so after fellowship um with Atlanta Ballet then you moved across the country right? yeah yeah I um and this is kind of where my dance 
life took a notable turn. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess my spiritual life alongside that, there were a lot of things going on in my family at the time, um, that I was actually in pre-pro, um, and I was just using dance to kind of get through honestly. And I, I had this goal and I was like, well, as long as I hit this goal, everything's going to be fine. You know, like I knew one other dancer who had made it to a fellowship by her senior year of high school. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I did that. And then I stayed for the next year and I was miserable. Like I was really depressed. I hated myself. I had a really hard time socially. Um, and I was ready to quit dance. And I remember I was talking on the phone to a friend of mine, actually Noel Kayser. Oh. <laughs> and she was like, Jess, you can't quit dance. Like you still love dance. I was like, okay. She was like, you need to, fe- you need to figure out what you're going to do. So I ended up going to Alonzo King Lines Ballet, uh, Ballet's um, BFA program as a like last ditch attempt <laughs> to like keep dance as a positive thing in my life. And um, it was a really hard year. Um, kind of owning dance in a new way. Suddenly I was like doing modern all the time um, and doing contemporary ballet instead of just classical ballet. And um, my body started changing and it was like, oh, like I went through puberty at like, you know, my sophomore year of, of college. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? No, I'm pretty sure we go through two puberties actually. Yeah, That's my theory. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I missed the first one. Like, um, it's fine. <laughs> All of a sudden I got there and I was like, I have hips, like literally (laughs) they're like bones, not letting these shorts come up. So anyway, that was a really, um, it was a beautiful year and it was a really difficult year. Um, so did that. And by the end of that year, um, I mean, Jesus was completely out of the equation, like a hundred percent out of the equation. So Um, you went, you went from being in a Christian studio to more secular environment to, kind of like, so explain where you were spiritually during that. Like how did that process of maybe walking away from your faith or how did that kind of happen? That was really affected by things going on in my family. Um, And that was going on in pre-pro days. So before fellowship ever happened, and then you're introduced to this whole party culture and you start feeling like you're an adult because I have a nine to five job. I mean, nine to six, but still, (laughs) Um, and I get my schoolwork done on the side and nobody can bug me because I'm getting straight A's and I'm crushing my goals and I got this, you know, like that's whole thing. And um, I think for me, I felt like God really let me down with my family um, Mm -hmm. and the things that were happening there. And so I was like, well, how can you have a good loving benevolent father when this sort of stuff is going on. Um, And so that's, it was kind of a gradual walking away. Um, And really the biggest, like I said, the biggest influence was not the fact that I lived, was taking from a secular studio because I think people can get caught up in that. Yeah. Um, It was was more about the fact that I just kind of lost faith in Mm -hmm. God's power. Um, And uh, so, yeah, by the time I went to California, like, that wasn't even a thought. Like mm-hmm. I was just dancing for me. And um, by the end of that year, I was so over dance that I was like, I walked out of dance class in the middle of bar. Like I just couldn't do it. Wow. I was, yeah, like multiple times. I was just like so completely um, over it. And I wanted to get outside and explore. Here I am in San Francisco, like beautiful. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, I have three jobs and I'm trying to make this work. So 
Um, yeah, so I quit dance after that. Um, came back to Georgia, uh, decided to finish my degree, um, kind of went through some more dark years, um, completely not dancing. Yep. And then found dance again, just like taking some open classes. Yeah, and, and that's felt, where we reconnected. Yeah, and it felt wonderful. Um, and shortly thereafter that, um, I ended up having an encounter with the Lord again. And that was like, I think that was 2013. Yeah. Can you, um, do you mind sharing that story of <laughs> who like walked up to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that one was wild. I'm sitting here <laughs> reading like, I had this world religions class that I was taking at um, Georgia state university. And, um, you know, a monk had like walked up to me on Georgia state campus and was like, here, here's the Bhagavad Gita. Like, I was like, Oh, cool. Like I'll read this. Like you're giving it to me for free. Awesome. So I'm, I'm very much questioning at this point, you know, I'm more like a junior ish, um, in college. And, um, cause I took like seven years to get through college. So it's fine. Junior. It's fine. <laughs> we finished. You know, for the time that I didn't take <laughs> <laughs> some sort of average in there. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm, I'm questioning quite a bit and it turns out like my history teacher was like super into, um, well, God, and <laughs> it's like super full of faith and really stoked about it. He would share in class and I get furious. I get so upset about him sharing more mm-hmm. about the Bible than about other religions. And so anyway, I'm sitting there at this coffee shop and I'm kind of looking through all of this stuff, the Gita and all of the stuff. And a gentleman asks if he can borrow some paper. I was like, oh yeah, sure. Like give him a piece of paper. Like he went about his business and I went on mine and was doing this stuff. And then like maybe 30 minutes or an hour later, uh, that same dude gets up and he's starting to walk away. And I'm thinking he's, you know, he reaches back over his shoulder, kind of like, you know, to talk to me. And I'm thinking he's going to say, thanks for the paper. <laughs> um, no, he's like, Hey, by the way, um, oh gosh, I know you're a believer. It's time to return to the Lord. Oh. And he like <laughs> pops smoke and God, and I'm like, oh. and like, this is Jessica party years. This is like right on the end, edge and end of Jessica party years. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. So I get in my car, like I barely make it to the car, um, <laughs> without, you know, completely falling apart emotionally. And then I lose it in the car. Um, and in typical like human fashion, I still didn't come to the Lord then. It took me another like month or two um, going to Passion City Church. Mm-hmm. I think you invited me a few times. Yep. And then one of the times that I went, I don't remember if it was with you or not, but one of the times Louis Giglio was talking about like moving the ledger, mm-hmm. like this is your ledger of sin. And he's like, boom. And it's like, it's moved over here. Like it's moved on a Jesus and for some reason, like seeing that physically like happen. And then I think alongside that, there was some sort of mirror thing. And he was like, what you see when you look in the mirror versus what God sees. And he like wiped it all off. That got me, that stuck with me. <laughs> and I was like, ever since then, it was just like this life transforming power of the Holy Spirit just coming in. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what people are talking about. And um, sorry, I'm getting really loud. No, no. <laughs> that was like really beautiful because I like got to witness that part of your life like and I just want to say also right here we'll get back to the ballet because your ballet story is not over yet (laughs) it's still not over today (laughs) um but I just want to say like for when I met you in 
open class when you came back to trying to dance, I was not where I wanted to be in my career. And I was kind of questioning God at that time too. Like, okay, God, you've called me to dance, like, but things are not working out the way I want them to work out. And like looking back, if I had been where I wanted to be, then I wouldn't have gotten to witness your life change. Mm. And so I think that that's like just really beautiful to keep in mind that God has a way bigger picture than we even know. And even if we're frustrated with where we are, that he has us right where he needs us. But anyway, back to, uh, um, back to the ballet. So you were taking open class again, just for fun, like for returning to dance (laughs) and you were taking school classes, but Mm -hmm. then you got hired by Atlanta Ballet again. Yeah. So (laughs) it was like this really weird thing. I was like, you know, I love dance so much. Now it was finally, it was like, I'm taking the number of classes that I want to take because I love them Mm -hmm. instead of like, you have to take this number of classes (laughs) in order to stay in shape, in order to get to this next goal, in order to, you know, like it wasn't me game in the game. It was just me enjoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so through that, all of a sudden I found myself in like random auditions. Like it's like, okay, now we're going to be part of Citygate dance. And it was like this very small little um, company that was just starting up in Atlanta and then, you know, that kind of timed out. And then all of a sudden I, you know, ran into Gotta Dance. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was dancing like two times a week. And then it was like four times a week. And then I was performing. Oh, and then that's when we did that gig at Terminal West. Mm-hmm. Yeah, phases of <laughs> Yeah, love. guys, it was, it was a crazy gig with the mad violinist, if you want to look him up. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very fun. And that was just such a fun group of people. I mean, mm-hmm. I hadn't been to a place or in a place, I guess, in a while where like, everyone was just genuinely having a good time um, and that's why they were there so that yeah. was like a change of pace for me and um so dance started to feel like mine again and I went and did dance canvas um and danced a piece by Cassandra Newberry Taylor um and that's where apparently that's where John McFall saw me and he reached out to me and was like hey you want to come audition for Atlanta Ballet and I was like you're like, I wish <laughs> I haven't put on point shoes and like what is a point shoe like I don't know so I did a lot of I was really searching myself because it's very easy for me as a type a sort of person to fall back into that like grind of I will be a professional dancer and this will be my life and this is led by me um so I really went back and forth and then kind of at the last minute I was like I'm going so I went to the audition um and then he called me back a second time he was like hey so that audition can you do that one more time like I guess it just didn't go very well um or he wasn't watching you or he wasn't watching I don't know (laughs) um so and it took so much courage to walk back in those doors especially not feeling like I was in a ballet state of mind yeah um, and he was like, yeah, you need to put on your point shoes and do all this stuff. I was like, okay, I guess I'll try to put on point shoes. I haven't done that in a minute. So humbled myself, went back for a second audition and then was in fellowship again. And this time, right before I joined fellowship, um, I actually got as kind of a reminder, um, like an Ebenezer, I suppose, um, this tattoo on my arm, mm-hmm. um, was in the beginning was the word. Cause that was something from the history class that pulled me um, back to the Lord. 
And so to have something on my arm that was like, remember your identity, remember who God is, remember why you're here. Don't get all caught up in the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and in you, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got back in and all that happened. And yeah, the first week back, I've never in my entire life been that sore. Like my whole body was sore to the touch. I think the first week back, we had like four hour rehearsals with Sarah Hilmer. Yeah. And it was partnering. I hadn't partnered in forever because like the dance, the freelance dance scene is like scanty on the, on the men. Yeah. (laughs) Still to this day, after stopping and starting dance many times, that was the like. The hardest one. (laughs) So how long did that last? That lasted that year. And Mm then, um, they were going to keep me on as a, another year of fellowship. Mm-hmm. When there but at been, this point, you're like a lot older than everyone else in that scene. I'm older and I'm trying to finish school. The only reason, you know, I uh, talked to some other people about some other opportunities outside of that state, <laughs> outside mm-hmm. of Georgia. And the reason I didn't take them is because I wanted to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a cheap ride at Georgia State University and... <laughs> I was working my way through school and I was like, honestly, I'm, I'm too old for this. I'm too old to be fourth year fellowship. I got to get out of here. And in my head, it was like, a, am not done with dance. I'm not giving up with dance. Like I'm still, I'm on fire for dance. I feel like my, my brain, I'm like in the right spot with everything. Um, I fell in love with the love of my life at that point and so things felt pretty okay but I knew that I couldn't do that lifestyle for that much longer you know at this point it's been seven years of like yeah struggle bus so was Uh, that like a was that hard to let go or yeah yeah because I didn't have a next um and I had worked so hard <laughs> to get back in shape. I know. Uh, into dancing shape, you know. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to trust that, like, finishing this degree is the next move. And Right. And but, so dance kind of fell off a little bit there. Yeah. But during that time, you also got to go to Panama with Bluebird. I Yes, I went to <laughs> Panama. And that was just, okay. Talk so, about that trip. Like, how did that help in your spiritual life, your dancing? Um I don't know. Well, I loved having you there, but <laughs> <laughs> I loved there. Um, like mangoes fresh off the tree. I know. Like <laughs> if that doesn't help anybody's soul, like I don't know what will. And um, we did not get eaten by the alligators on the Panama. We, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. Um, it was wonderful to go and get outside of our little cocoon that we have here in the states. Um, and beyond that, I mean, honestly, probably the biggest heart work for me was that when I left Atlanta Ballet that first time, all of my girlfriend friendships completely had fallen apart. And it was just this horrible social um, situation there. And so after I had come back to the Lord, or mm-hmm. I don't know how you want to phrase that, but once we were doing that again, um, I consistently prayed for girlfriends. I wanted to have girlfriends. I'd have guy friends, um, all sorts of like craziness was going on there, but I hadn't had like close girlfriends that I could like trust with my life, you know, and like actually, um, lean on, look up to 
share life with. And so for me, the biggest part of that trip was like, God gave me girlfriends again. Yeah. Um, and women that I like really admire, really respect. I mean, it's, it's you running bluebird <laughs> and like, where did this powerhouse come from? You know, I've known you forever. Like, wow. Like, look at you, like organizing international trips, like, and, and being also so about Jesus and so like cool about talking about him. Like, that's another thing I, I think I, I tend to just like live with like Jesus on the inside. Um, <laughs> here's you like encouraging other people to share their stories too. Mm-hmm. Doing something that you're not necessarily comfortable with. I think at that time, like you knew yeah. very little Spanish and I know going out on a limb and like, we're going to do this. And like, wow, that's, that was a role model. You were a role model for me faith wise or and continue to be. Um, and then, you know, daily and the way that she lives and Rachel, the way she lives and, you know, Annabelle meeting with her and just like, that was just such a good group of women. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me, that was probably the most transformational part of it is that God gave me girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess wrapping up to bringing your story back to where you are today, yeah. very briefly, yeah. Uh, where where does where is dance in your life today? Um, tell us about your family and yeah, yeah, dance in my life today. Um, I we're out here in Yuma, Arizona. We slowly moved out west. Mm-hmm. Um, got married um, in 2016, and um, slowly started making our way across the country um, because my husband's a service member. And um, with that, I've had opportunities to teach more than I actually dance. So I didn't realize the number of opportunities that I had. You know, we were talking about like after leaving Atlanta Ballet, like what there, I just took open class. Cause there's like, you go to Stave and you can go over here and you go over there. Like that's just what I grew up with. So to suddenly move to like Pensacola, Florida. (laughs) And um, there was really no place to take an open class that resonated with me but I did begin teaching at a competition studio which again totally new perspective and it was such a joy because I got to teach these kids who thought ballet was boring and annoying and um, kind of a pain I got to teach them how to love it um, which helps me to remember how I love it yeah um so there's that, um, that was a huge joy and kind of getting more into the social aspect and the whole, like, you all may never dance after high school and this is still worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so seeing it as a part of a story, like a part of a life and a full life instead of just like a career, Mm -hmm. um, was really good. Um, and then, yeah, I got to dance one more time in Corpus Christi um that was fun got to do Arabian that was actually something I'd prayed for when I was a kid it's like that's the one thing I wanted to do and and, uh and that was my like one year of like last with the dance so put on the boots again there and then I was done and um and yeah so it's slowly been like filtering back but also it as far as like the amount that I dance Mm -hmm. but my relationship with it is so much healthier and so now when I come to it, it's out of joy. And I realized after some soul searching, that's really why I started dancing originally. It, it's my joy. Like it, 
showcases and helps me experience joy. Yeah. Um, and you recently yeah, yeah. became a mom. And I recently became a mom. Do you have any yeah. advice? I'm, I think that that's <gasps> that a lot of dancers kind of like are scared of. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe in a way that they like want to be a mother, but they're also kind of scared to. Do you have yeah. any like words for that? Oh, man. <laughs> that was me. I was like, oh, holy hand up. Like, hold that hand up. That was me. Um, and I didn't realize how deeply that went. Like, how much I had kind of shut myself off from that. Um being a mom <laughs> man I think the biggest thing is let the Lord lead you um genuinely be open with your heart and let the Lord lead you um you know, I was telling you the other day, I think it was, I was like, I've joined a run club, like a mom's <laughs> stroller warrior, like run club. Um, and you're like, that seems really funny for you. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's like, I guess it's just like humility upon humility. Like, I don't think I realized how um, detached from my deepest heart's desires that I was um, because I was afraid to want them. I didn't feel worthy of them. Um, you know, for years I'd been afraid of like, you know, if you do end up having a kid, then your life's over. And, and you know, there's life after, there's life after babies. Yeah. And it's a beautiful life. And there's so much there, like, um, just allow God to transform you, transform you. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. your story is so beautiful, Jessica. <laughs> um, so for the younger dancers listening, what do you wish you had known before you even started or when you started dancing? Mm. Girl, there is a whole life out there. <laughs> there is a whole life out there like a whole thing like not just dance it's not about like you have this one little slice you know if you're on that pre-professional track or um you're falling in love with dance the first time and it feels like everything um that's wonderful it can take up that space for a season of your life um and it can give you beautiful friendships and you know in my case a wonderful spouse and family and oh yeah we left that part out that he yeah used to dance too but yeah yeah so um but it's just a part of life um I think the the dedication that you need to get through the hard training years like like most of the grindstone sort of like intense training years um I think that's really beautiful and you can kind of put your blinders on and you kind of need them. But then realizing that like, there's, there are mountains to climb there, you know, there's, um, there's acknowledge this breath in the body. There's, there's uh, community, there's family, there's love. There's like, there's so many things that the good Lord has for us aside from dance. Um, so I just encourage uh, especially younger dancers who may be considering that professional track to realize that like life is beautiful and it's huge and God has more than 
we think he has for us. Yeah, dance is just a tiny part and a really good gift of abundant life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. We will um, keep in touch for sure. You guys, yeah. she's an amazing choreographer as well. So I'm just going to plug her too. If you guys choreography. We'll talk to you later, Jessica. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. For more information about Bluebird Uncaged, including tickets for upcoming performances, joining our online community, or how you can get involved in future Bluebird projects, visit our website at bluebirduncaged.com.